Welcome to the Infinite Spark of Being podcast. My name is Keith Welsh, and in this episode, I'm going to be talking to you about how wisdom frees you and morality or policy binds you. I apologize for the the uh, delay. Um, it's just getting acclimated to a new job, I think, is wearing me out a little bit, uh, and time just kind of slipped by. I do have more of those supplements on the way. Those are pretty easy for me to record, and I do enjoy doing them because I do them while I'm driving, so there may be more of those. Um, if you have uh, ideas for podcasts, things you would like me to expand on, please let me know. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about how wisdom frees you and morality binds you. But before we get into all that, if you'd like to support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being and all that that entails, you can do that at the infinitesparkofbeing.com where you can find a link to a donation page where you can sign up to donate monthly through Patreon for $1 or $5 a month or a one-time donation through Venmo. Uh, there's also a link to purchase one of the two Infinite Spark of Being books, or if you already have the books, uh, you can also support this effort by purchasing t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and art prints through the shop link on the site. So here we are, how wisdom frees you in morality and policy bind you. Let's get started. So, per usual, let's uh, get some words out of the way. Uh, the first word is morality. Morality means principles concerning the distinction between right and wrong or good and bad behavior. Subjective. Um, a particular system of values and principles of conduct, especially one held by a specified person or society. Again, subjective. Or the extent to which an action is right or wrong. You see the subjective nature here in the definition of the word morality. So uh, when we think about the word morality, uh, we usually think about sexual conduct. At least I believe we do. I do. Uh, and murder. Uh, you know, we think about fidelity in a, in a marriage and things like that. Um, so let's uh, look at the next word, policy. A policy is a course or principle of action adopted or proposed by a government, party, business, or individual. Now, when we think of the phrase wisdom frees you and morality, sorry, uh, wisdom frees you and morality binds you, hopefully it doesn't feel as concerning knowing what morality policy means. Um, at times when I've brought this up for discussion, the knee-jerk response before we can even begin discussing it is, so should I just do what I want? And the answer is usually yes. I don't care what you do. However, that being said, the result of doing whatever you want will then become your problem as well. Uh, me telling you to do whatever you want doesn't mean that there aren't consequences. So just saying, um, you know, cause and effect. But now uh, let's look at the word wisdom. Uh, wisdom means the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment, the quality of being wise, the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. 
and the body of knowledge and principles that develops within a specified society or period. So wisdom frees you, morality binds you. Um, when we look at the uh, Mahabharata uh, and the Bhagavad Gita, which is you know within the Mahabharata, uh, the lesson is that wisdom frees you and morality binds you because wisdom only knows this moment. It only knows what it knows right now, while uh, morality and policy try to predict the future in order to keep everything safe. A good example would be uh, marriage or a relationship between two people. We say things like, till death do us part. I actually got a wedding invitation today that said that, or till party do us part. I don't know, till death do us part. I have no idea, but funny that I'm talking about it. Anyway, till death do us part. Um, but then, you know, one person loses that special feeling or one person begins behaving in a way that's less than skillful in the eyes of their partner, you know, and then you get, but you said forever. Yeah, but I didn't think you'd start selling Coke out of our apartment, or I didn't think you'd turn into a crazy person. Or like I said, we just lose that feeling. Uh, the oxytocin wears off. You know, recently I've uh, struggled with relationship concepts and things like that. And I was talking to a very wise uh, friend of mine, this this uh, lady, and she was saying, um, it's, I was trying to explain to her how I felt and where I was right now with relationships. And she goes, you just don't want the identity of couple. And she's absolutely right because that identity feels like, I don't know, I don't know, anyway. Uh, but this saying, uh, wisdom frees you and morality binds you, gets us thinking. And for me, it gets me thinking about what policies do I have that are creating suffering for me? What agreements do I have with others that they don't even know about? Um, you know, it's like you're supposed to behave this way because that's what makes me love you. And as long as you act this way and never change, I will continue to feel the feelings of love. And I like these feelings. I'm addicted to these feelings of love. So please don't change. Um, you know, this stuff gets interesting when we think of it this way. Um, in fact, everyone listening to this has had a job where the policies of the higher ups didn't jive with the shop knowledge or the reality of the job, didn't jive with the reality of the people doing the task day in and day out. You know, I see it a lot in my field. Um, there are policies and procedures that don't take into account the constantly changing landscape. I mean, like I deal with human beings that aren't exactly predictable. So trying to create policies that attempt to predict the future is almost laughable. And that's what these policies are trying to do. They're trying to create a safe, predictable future the same way we do in relationships. Um, this isn't to say that you shouldn't feel safe in a relationship. Of course you should. This understanding doesn't give others license to treat you poorly, but what it means is that we all change. Change is inevitable. Um, and this doesn't mean that you know every relationship's doomed. It's just... We've all heard it. You've changed. Yeah. Like, fuck, I hope so. I mean, but sometimes the person doesn't like the change. You know, for me at one point in my life, um, it was, you've changed. You're better than me now. And I, I in no way, shape or form felt that way. But 
this was their perception of that change in my behavior because this was their projection. It wasn't me. I didn't feel that way. This is them, right? Um, anyway, change is inevitable. Uh, I can't expect you to stay the same, right? Especially if, if you're doing inner work, if you're working on yourself, you know, if I'm head over heels in love with you and that change takes place in a way that neither of us can really handle, it'll hurt, you know? And, and if we aren't honest about our sadness and disappointment, we could become angry. And that anger is essentially self-righteousness. Um, We've all been there, you know? How dare you change and take this feeling away from me? Um, You know, what's happening is the mind, which loves consistency because consistency is safety, it's panicking. It's panicking because for the mind, the feeling of love is associated with an object, um, a symbol, and that object is you, for instance. And everything that my mind has associated with you, my mind has placed a value on you. uh, And it feels that value when it sees you. These things, you know, it's like the things you say, the things you do, the things it associates as, as you. So the mind panics. The mind is all policy. It's all morality because those things attempt to predict safety. Um, I use love as an example because it's so easy. But this plays out in our family relationships, right? Uh, In our work relationships. In fact, this policy and morality thing is playing out when someone dies. Our mind has a policy that uh, that this symbol as a person is a source of love. And since the mind uses objects, the fear of losing it is a threat to the policy that says that they provide this certain feeling and if feeling and if they die then that feeling will never be there again you know and then once they do die uh it confuses the mind to the mind that source of love and affection is now gone because the mind believes that the object was the source of that feeling which it wasn't you know this is why during you know um you know, grief and loss sessions, I'm just reconnecting the mind to the thing that made that person special to them. You know, it's a way of reminding the subconscious mind that the object was not the source of love and affection, that the affection and the love, the the attention really that this person gave them was within them the entire time. You know, and this this doesn't mean that we're glad Uh, they're gone. It just allows the mind to be in healing. It's the mind that needs healing in those events. Um, It's about finding equanimity, really. It doesn't mean that you're replacing this person you love. But again, this is the policy of the mind, the morality of the mind, you know, to the mind, morality would be that you're always there. It's immoral for you to be there for me all the time. Um, you know, it's, it's good to give me love and happiness and pleasure. It's bad to take it away. And when someone leaves, dies, or changes, the mind perceives them as the cause of the pain. It, it sees them as violating the policy or breaking with the moral code of the mind. So um, these morals, these policies are all due to the mind believing that things are permanent. These are the, it's the first two noble truths, right? Life is unsatisfying and due to the, and it's, 
the unsatisfactory nature of life is due to the grasping and clinging of the mind. So the mind finds the thing that satiates it, then creates a policy that says that the thing satiating it should always be there and should always be consistent, completely overlooking the mind's own nature to change, not just the stimulus or the source of the feelings nature to change, right? Now, um, this leads us to wisdom. Um, wisdom only knows what's happening now. Wisdom only knows the present moment. So, you know, please, please, please understand this. Policy and wisdom will arise at the same time. You know, you'll experience the knowing that this is impermanent and the panic of the mind during loss at the same time. You don't get one without the other. That's what the middle way is about. It's about, you know, all of this. I've said this a hundred times. It's about holding two opposing ideas in the mind at the same time. And they're both okay. And they're both whatever they are. You know, you could also think of wisdom as the soul, right? Because soul is just there. Awareness is just there. They can, you know, they can rein in the mind. Awareness, soul can kind of pull it back. But the panic of the mind, the panic of the ego are all there because of the biology of the human body, because of the manifestation of the subtle body into biological life or three-dimensional reality. And as I've mentioned before, soul is not biological. It's outside of biology. Awareness is not a cognitive faculty of the mind. It is outside of the mind. However, resting in that awareness will allow us to redirect or train the mind to be more skillful in its thinking, and it'll allow us to sit with the present pain of losing something knowing that it passes, um, or sit with the discomfort of the violation of our moral code or our policy on whatever. Um, you know, having the wisdom to know that all things pass. Um, <laughs> interestingly enough, somebody asked me about soulmates the other night. Uh, they asked if I believed in a soulmate. And the short answer is no, I don't believe people have a soulmate. I do believe in soulmates, plural though. Um, when I think of all of my relationships, long-term and otherwise, they were all stepping stones that led me to the next one. Um, I became more and more skillful as a partner because of the past experiences with these, these women. I also gained some unskillfulness because of the past experiences with these people. Um, it all goes in the soup. It's all grist for the mill, as uh, Ram Das would say. Um, you know, we all made an agreement to work with one another. We are all soulmates. We are all in this together. We have all been in love with one another. When you think in terms of a single soulmate, uh, you disregard the deep, meaningful relationships you've had with, with everyone else in other lives, on other timelines. This isn't a wag of the finger. It's fine. It's, it's just what we do in this life. This doesn't mean that relationships are less valuable. It just means that they are all valuable. Now, sometimes that hurts the ego. It hurts the mind. It violates the policy of being important. It violates the morality of being the only one. Um, 
that's what this is really about. When we push against that idea that we've all been in love with one another, it's, it's because we want to be the only special one, right? When we feel our minds push against the idea that love comes from within us and that no one person is the source of that love, that is also the mind wanting to be special. We want them to be special to us because if they are special to us, then we are special to them. And that is all mind stuff. It's evolutionary mechanisms that allow us to procreate and keep the species alive, which isn't bad, but we have to look at it and understand what it is. Um, Man, I just realized that the same night, uh, someone was asking me if that when they were asking if I believe in a soulmate, I was having another conversation about wanting affection without a steady you answer to me and only me relationship. And that's where that, when I was talking to this somebody completely different than all these other people, it was that was when the person mentioned that I don't want the identity, right? Um, I guess it literally is a friends with benefits situation as opposed to polyamory. I don't know. I don't even want to think about it. Anyway, <laughs> good Lord. Um, I don't even know. Ugh. Anyway, um, I hope that this at least gave you something to think about. I think it's an interesting line of thought. Anyway, uh, that's it for Wisdom Free you Morality Binds You. Um, I feel more confused, but I hope it was helpful. I hope that you found this beneficial. As usual, if you have questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out. I'll always respond. As I mentioned before, if you'd like to uh, support the ongoing creation of the Infinite Spark of Being in all of its facets, please do that. TheInfiniteSparkOfBeing.com, where there's a link to the Patreon, as well as a link to the books and other merch like shirts, tank tops, posters. And as usual... Don't forget, you can always reach out and talk to me. We're old friends. Don't be weird about it. Bye.